I'll rise and go to my father, will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 102 on page 464. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my crying come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the time of my trouble. Incline thine ear unto me when I call, O hear me, and that right soon. For my days are consumed away like smoke, and my bones are burnt up as it were a firebrand. My heart is smitten down, and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. For the voice of my groaning, my bones will scarce cleave to my flesh. I am become like a pelican in the wilderness and like an owl that is in the desert. I have washed in it even as it were a sparrow, that sitteth alone upon the housetop. Mine enemies revile me all the day long, and they that are mad upon me are sworn together against me. For I have eaten ashes as it were bread, and mingled my drink with weeping. And that, because of thine indignation and wrath, for thou hast taken me up, and cast me down. My days are gone like a shadow, and I withered like grass. But thou, O Lord, shalt endure forever, and thy remembrance throughout all generations. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, for it is time that thou hast mercy upon her, yea, the time is come. And why thy servants think upon her stones, and it pitieth them to see her in the dust. The nations shall fear thy name, O Lord, and all the kings of the earth thy majesty. When the Lord shall build up Zion, and when his glory shall appear. When he turneth him unto the prayer of the poor destitute, and despiseth not their desire. This shall be written for those that come after, and the people which shall be born shall praise the Lord. For he hath looked down upon his sanctuary. Out of the heaven did the Lord behold the earth. 
that he might hear the mournings of such as are in captivity, and deliver them that are appointed unto death, that they may declare the name of the Lord in Zion, and his worship at Jerusalem. When the peoples are gathered together, and the kingdoms also, to serve the Lord. He brought down my strength in my journey, and shortened my days. But I said, O my God, take me not away in the midst of mine age. As for thy years, they endure throughout all generations. Thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. They all shall wax old, as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall stand fast in thy sight. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the book of Exodus. Now these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man in his household came with Jacob. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Azakar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All those who were descendants of Jacob were seventy persons, for Jacob, Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, all his brothers, and all that generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and it happen in the event of war, that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pitorn and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with vigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shipra, and the other the name of the other Pua. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him, but if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. The king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing, and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was, because the midwives feared God, that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, 
Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 26th verse of the 14th chapter of the first epistle to the Corinthians. How is it then, brother, when you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation? Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the other judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, and in, as in all of the churches of the saints. Let your women be, keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. Or did the word of God come originally from you? Or was it you only that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. But all things be done decently and in order. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, 
to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds do worthy deserve to be punished, by the comfort of thy grace may mercifully be relieved, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create making us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthy lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us thy humble servants in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall to no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Just some quick thoughts about today's lessons. We start today entering into the, the book of Exodus which is the second book of the Bible. And we will, it's a continuation of the Genesis narrative. But now we ended yesterday with the death of, death of Joseph and his family being in Egypt. And today we learned that that, you know, amounted to 70 people. And now we jump ahead 400 years that they, the, the, what will be termed throughout Exodus as the Hebrews. This is a, a term that the, um, 
Egyptians use for the Jewish people, the um, what will become the Israelites, the sons of Israel. Remember, Jacob had his name changed to Israel, and that's where the Israelites come from. And so now it's 400 years later, and they have, you know, it's interesting throughout Genesis, we've had stories of the difficulty of conceiving children and, and increasing. And now the Hebrews have become very abundant. They have multiplied and so much so that they have now become a threat to the Egyptians in their own minds. They have, the Hebrews have made, have remained steadfast in their belief of God. They have not been absorbed into the culture of the Egyptians. And they have been fruitful in a way that the Egyptians have not. It's always interesting that as societies become more affluent, the tendency is not to share the wealth by having more children, it's to actually have less and less children as a society becomes uh, affluent. And so they're using the, the Hebrews as using their abundance as labor. But now that it's, it's gotten even too much for that, they have grown even larger than the, the population of the Egyptians. And so the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, sees this as a threat, that his people might lose their status. They may be taken over by the, the, the this group of Hebrews. But he still wants to use their labor. He still wants to use them as a slave force. So he doesn't kick them out of the country. He wants to keep them there. What he wants to do is to limit the population by, by killing off the male children and essentially using the women as concubines and as uh, household slaves for his people. And so this is a situation we're entering into Exodus, which God will deliver his people. But as we read through Exodus, it's interesting that there's three places that take up the imagination of this narrative. We have Egypt, this, the motif of water will constantly re recur. Egypt was fed by the, the river Nile and it's surrounded by water. And, you know, the first of the plagues will be delivered through the Nile. And then the Hebrews will have to leave this place through water. They will have to exit this land of abundant water and enter into the wilderness, a place of a parched earth where water will be a struggle to, to get and where they have to rely on God's providence. And then finally, the promised land that they, we won't get to in Exodus, but that, and the people won't get there but that this is their hope, this land flowing with milk and honey. So you have these three different areas that take up the imagination, that, that frame what we are witnessing. And, but it's interesting that the Hebrews were slaves in this land of abundance, this abundant water, and they will eventually enter into the wilderness where they are now free but they're not free from their own worries and concerns and distresses about the nature of the world and of their own well-being where they have to rely on God. And that's important for us to remember is that 
when we are surrounded by abundance in a rich culture, such as the Egyptians or even our own day and age, we are, we have a tendency to be captured by it and become slaves of it. And when we enter into freedom, it can seem parched and dry and we worry about what's going to happen next. We worry about our own well-being and tend to lack trust in God to provide for us. So it's interesting that in many ways, freedom is more worrying to us than slavery because slavery is something that we are used to and something that we know and we know the rules. Freedom is, is a different matter entirely because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing and we don't know where the next meals come from, if you will. We don't know where that thing comes from, but in, in Christ, we know where that next meal is coming from. It's coming every Sunday in the Eucharist. And that takes us to our, our New Testament lesson here, where it's just, it's important to remember when we talk about these spiritual gifts and the testing of these gifts and the, the expressing of these gifts, of speaking in tongues or today talking a lot about uh, prophesying. Prophesying in this context means receiving the word of God and giving it out. And it's important that it's always tested within the community of the church. It's always under the authority of the church. It's not something that's, I receive the word of God, I declare it, and everyone has to listen. It's we discuss it and we come together through an understanding and other people, the church essentially comes together and confirms what I'm saying did indeed come from God or did not, that it's just my own inner thoughts and desires. This is always important. It's always the function of the church to operate in this work way by maintaining a, an adherence to scripture as a foundation, as always filtering the things that we say through the lens of tradition and the authority of the church. And we all have a duty to, to discern these things and to, to help the church come to these conclusions. And finally, just a, a word about, you know, Paul's admonition about women speaking in church. We should note that he's not saying that women don't have a role in ministry because back in chapter 11, he talked about women prophesying. What he is, he's making two points. One is that the liturgical functions, what we would call the priesthood is reserved for men and women don't have that particular charism. They don't have that duty from God the way that men do. They have different responsibilities and duty. But it should also be noted that, you know, in the early church, as it came out of the Jewish synagogue, where men and women sat separately, women in that context were very devalued. And when they came into the Christian church, they were counted as equals with men it, with the grace of God and in the eyes of God. And so you had these women with these, this newfound freedom. And so they tended to want to ask questions, but they would shout it during the services from their, 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 
the women's only section. And so it's just good practice not to shout stuff out in church. And he's teaching the women how to operate within the context of this newfound freedom. And finally, it, it should be noted that, you know, this men and women both have a role within the church and the the blurring of the lines between men and women causes all kinds of issues so that's why men have the particular functions that they do in the church and women have particular functions that they have as a a means of giving us the proper sense of how we are supposed to operate in our own lives so just some thoughts about today's lessons Continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy, serv or to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Friday and great start to your weekend. Thank you.